Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Three Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on and welcome to another edition of Three Yards for Carry. This is these are our draft shows. So we're talking running backs in this one. And I have Simon Clancy here with me. Chris Kaufman will be on probably to talk another position later on. Uh, probably. Yeah. He, he uh, what was it he was saying on, on the OnlyFans thing? Like I find offensive linemen absolutely impossible to, to evaluate. I don't know what your thoughts are on the position, but Man, I could go draft for draft and not to go like ancient history. Let's just go since 2018, since that should be like the makeup of the team. Man, there's so many busts from guys that I remember were good college players. It's just it's a tough position to to evaluate. Right. You yeah, agree? It's hard. It is. I do agree. I generally agree. Although there are clearly teams that do it very well. The, the Green Bay Packers, yes. we talked about a lot on this program, uh, on this program, what? On this podcast, <laughs> that Green Bay do it consistently well. And you look historically that they've had huge success at every position. Even, the, even the Eagles, who are really good at yeah, it. Yeah, Eagles are great, you know. But, but Dillard is not that good. Like, he's not a good player. No, and uh, Green Bay took a tackle a few years ago, who's, who are, whose name I'll find as we, uh, as we go through this. Um, Green Bay draft picks history. They took a left tackle um, who sort of flamed out um, eight or nine years ago uh, in the first round, um, whose name I will find in a second. Um, bum, 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 Derek Sherrod in 2011. Mm. They took out of Mississippi state year after they took Brian Balaga who played right tackle. Obviously they took Sherrod just before they took Randall Cobb in the second round and, and Sherrod absolutely flamed out, just didn't, you know, but then you, you, you go through it and we've been through it before, you know, certainly on, on, on OnlyFans, but we've talked about it. You got, you kind of look at, you know, the Marshall Newhouses and Belagas that we talked about. And, you know, obviously they whiffed on, on Sherrod, but you go back and you look at other names. I'm just going through it. JC Tretter, obviously back Tiari, who they got in the fourth round. Tretter, they took in the fourth round, you know, two all pro uh, offensive linemen, Corey Lindsay, who they took in the fifth mm-hmm. round. Um, you know, they've had great success uh, at doing that. And that's just not something that the Dolphins have really been able to to nail down with any success. And actually, you know, I, I look at and I always talk about that kind of um, Elton Jenkins, another one. I always talk about, um, you know, John Runyon, who's played really well for them. They took uh, Josh Myers in the second round. Royce Newman's played well. I talk about uh, just draft good college football players. And, you know, to me, Liam Eikenberg was a good college football player who I thought could have played tackle. I thought probably could have played left tackle, almost certainly could have played right tackle, definitely would have been a really good guard. And he hasn't been any of those things. No. Um, and, you know, I was ecstatic when the Dolphins traded up to get him because I just thought, look, there's an absolutely secure, this is a guy who's a three-year starter, absolute meat and potatoes guard probably but could be a tackle a pinch in the nfl he's going to smash you in the mouth game after game he's you know he just gave up one sack in three years and and he's been absolute piss so 
Um, you know, I, I do think there is a, you know, and you look at some of the great tackles in the league, you know, David Bakhtiari was a fourth round pick, you know, our own Toronto Armstead was a, you know, I think a fourth round pick as well. You know, that I just don't know that you can clearly some teams have got the magic elixir when it comes to finding out what works. Um, but the Dolphins sure as shit ain't one of those teams. So, you know, I, I think Rob Hunt being the kind of the exception to the rule, really, um, you know, and actually a small school kid who we kind of passed over three or four running backs to to take. He's actually been a really solid player. And I think he's developing now into, you know, and I, I understand the Dolphins reticence to want to move on from him in terms of moving him outside to tackle where I think he could, mm. where I think he could hold up. But I think they think that he's a potential sort of pro bowl slash pushing towards all pro right guard. And, you know, he's certainly trending in that direction. He's getting better and better each year, but it's, um, we've had a rough ride of it, I think as, uh, as Dolphin fans in terms of offensive line selection. And you, you look at a team like Green Bay, and you just think what, you know, how is it, what are you doing? You know, that you look back at that year when Jenkins, not last year, the year before, tore his Achilles and Bakhtiari was out of the ACL, ACL. And you just think that there are just, you know, they're just rolling out Lyman, and keeping Rogers fresh and, you know, able to run the ball as well. And, you know, we're looking at Jerome Christian and Lester Cotton and, you know, Kendall Lamb and, you know, guys like this. I mean, when we're starting playoff games with the guy, Lester Cotton, who literally we, we found at Walmart in Fort Lauderdale <laughs> on a Thursday and he's playing on the Saturday night. It's just like, you know, in, in the playoffs. In the, in the playoffs, in the playoffs, you know, he's playing next to Toronto Armstead, who should have gone on injured reserve in week <laughs> one with a foot injury. So, you know, we were pretty hamstrung. I mean, look, home run with Connor Williams, I think, was brilliant last season. I thought he was just a really good player. And let's please sign him to an extension as quickly as possible. Um, and McDaniel talked yesterday about, look, we've got some ideas for the line. And I, I genuinely believe their ideas for the line start with getting Austin Jackson healthy and playing him at right tackle. I genuinely believe that's what they want to do. I don't think that's why they. Well, I think that's why they didn't go into the market in terms of free agency. They like a couple of those younger guys. They like Kendall Lamb. Um, I think they quite like Jerome Christian. Uh, look, Brandon Shell didn't do a bad job. I just feel like you can do better than Brandon Shell. I, I think as a guy who comes rotate rotationally off the bench, he certainly didn't embarrass himself through the season. I thought he held up pretty well, given you know where he started from. And if you're bringing Brandon Shell off the bench or you know behind a guy that you can trust then I don't have a problem with that at all. But I just think going into the season where your best option is Brandon Shell, I just don't think that that's... You've got to look at the health of the quarterback. You know, and people will say, oh, like, you can get injured on any play. You can, you, you absolutely can. But things are slightly different with Tua. He's not been healthy since his freshman year at Alabama, okay? Ankle surgeries, thumb, all, all sorts of things. The concussions, the ribs, the, you know, the hip, the broken nose, the, all these different things, right? You've got to, you've got to, got to, got to keep him healthy because you know how dangerous he can be when he is healthy. You know how brilliant he can be when he is healthy, when he's kept up right. You've just got to do that. And like, I know the fast pace of the offense and getting the ball out of his hand quickly is to 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 navigate some of those issues on the offensive line. But if Teron Armstead, who hasn't completed a game, uh, a season healthy in a God, maybe once in his career, if he goes down in week one or week three or week five, the Dolphins are absolutely screwed. You can have as many Jalen Ramseys and Christian Wilkins and Tyreek Hills as, uh, as you possibly can. But you look at the Philadelphia Eagles and you look what they did. They have continued to draft in target areas. You know, they they signed Jordan Mylata and developed him into one of the top three or four left tackles in the league. Mm -hmm. But they had a, a Hall of Fame center in Jason Kelsey. And then they drafted Landon Dickerson, who was the best center in college football. They moved him into left guard. And he's a, you know, he's an absolute home run as a left guard. 
And they're they, paying and they're paying Lane Johnson a one yeah. year thirty three million dollar contract. And he's worth it. Season. He's a walk in Hall of Famer. Well, I don't know he, if any offensive lineman is worth thirty three million dollars, but if there was one, he's one. He's the one. Well, but the thing is, they got to the Super Bowl. You know, as good as Jalen Hurts was, as good as those receivers are, they got to the Super Bowl by the strength of those uh, of those offensive lines, right? Uh, of the offensive and defensive lines. And you look at like last year. Oh, last year they drafted Cam Jurgens, a center we all liked out in Nebraska. Cam Jurgens is going to start in place of um, Samoli, who who went to where uh, Carolina or wherever he went as a free agent, the right guard, um, or Chicago maybe. He's going to start. He's the guy they drafted, who's now going to start. So their offensive line will now be Jordan Mailata, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, Cam Jurgens, Lane Johnson, and you know full well that Kelsey's back for one more year, right? Then he retires, and either Kel- either Jurgens goes to center or Johnson goes to center, and they'll sh- sure as damn it draft a really good offensive lineman, a guard this year or a center who will go in and, and play guard when Kelsey moves on, and one of those other two guys, you know, moves positions. You, you only have to look at defensive line. They didn't need to draft Jordan Davis in the first round last year, but they did because they knew that Hargrave was a free agent. They knew that Fletcher Cox was a free agent. You know, this is just what good teams do. And you just got to build around the lines. And the Dolphins have definitely done it on the defensive line. But year after year, the problems with the offensive line are just, you know, horrendous. Yeah, there's one way to take pressure off the offensive line. And that's a great running back. And to take pressure off the quarterback, more importantly, yeah, is to have a good running game. It was very interesting this week when Mike McDaniel was confronted with these facts on the offensive line. And he said, yes, uh, you know, I don't think that we had any problems on the offensive. I mean, uh, on our running game, it was just that I didn't call enough runs. Well, Mike, you know, call more runs, buddy. Yeah. Especially <laughs> for a guy that was a run, uh, was a run, um, you know, run game coordinator, a guy that was brought up in that, you know, in the Shanahan system. And I don't mean Kyle, I mean that, that you know, Mike with, you know, Alandis Gary and Terrell Davis and, uh, and all those great backs that they had in Denver. You know, that's where he, you know, that's where he plied his trade. He plied his trade with, you know, Arian Foster, Carlos Hyde, with Alfred Morris. You know, he's been around great running backs, you know, really good running backs, guys that have, you know, not been drafted high, but have been continually, you know, whether that's Matt Breed or Moster in San Francisco, and to be fair to Moster, played very well in Miami last year, Jeff Wilson. But Mike McDaniel's history has been the running game and running backs across all his different stops, whether that's Houston, whether that's Washington, whether that was Miami, whether that's San Francisco, wherever he's Cleveland, that, that's what he's known for, you know. And so that's a surprise. I, I, what I think they lack is a short down running back, short yardage running back. Yes. I think we'll get that in this um in this segment. Yeah, uh yeah, their third and one problems last year were were notorious. Uh, a lot of it was play call, okay? Because you're gouging the the Buffalo Bills on a Saturday night. It's cold, it's blustery, it's windy. It's third and one. Your running we'll back is averaging seven yeah. he's averaging seven yards a carry and you throw it on third and one. <laughs> You know, when at that moment in that game, man, a touchdown drive pretty much ices it, you know? So- I mean, when we went when we went up in that in that snow game and we got the ball back when Phillips forced the fumble, Wilkins recovers the ball and we're up by six and we have the ball at midfield. That's but- where you needed the horse to, to you know, don't, don't shy away from the pass game. I hate it when teams do that. You know, please be aggressive. But in the critical moments where you need to punch somebody in the mouth, that starts up front. You know, you've got to run people over in the run game because that's how you, not only do you pick up the first down, not only are you wearing defenses out, but you're buying yourself another two or three minutes. Yes. You know what I mean? In terms of you've got three attempts, 
to get another first down, maybe kick a field goal or whatever, or they're going to have to start using their timeout. So that favours to your advantage anyway. So, yeah, I just think, you know, and I, 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 Daniel's a smart guy. You know, he's he's a really smart guy and he will learn from some of the, not mistakes, but some of the little, you know, the, the things that he just needs to do a little bit better. And, I, you know, I know he will do. I know he'll come back and, and, and this team will be better offensively than we will wrinkles. And I don't think he'll just try and outthink himself. You know, I just... Um, like we've got a football manager, a soccer manager in this country, manages Manchester City, he's Pep Guardiola. He's hugely successful. Um, he was a brilliant player for Barcelona, for Spain. He's been an incredible manager over here for Manchester City as multiple Premier League champions. But whenever he plays in a massive game, at a Europe, big European semi-final or a European Cup final, he's outthought himself tactically. He's just tried to do things where he's just tried to be a little bit too like, why are you doing this, Pep? Just stick to the fundamentals that have got you here, that have got your team. Your team is amazing. You know, they're probably the best team in Europe over the last mm. five or six years, but they just haven't won the big European tournament because Guardiola has outthought himself. And I kind of felt like McDaniel was just trying to outsmart himself sometimes and when actually, you know, you don't need to do some razzle-dazzle, multiple pretend hand fake handoffs in the backfield to try and throw to Darren Smythe, who's coming from the left side to the right side to get blown up by. Just run the ball, just smash somebody in the face. That That's the that's the thing. So, yeah. Big, yeah, absolutely. Big uh, absolutely. And, and, and I remember watching that game. They're up by five, uh, and I'm thinking the defense is going to have to make a play here because, you know, Josh Allen's an alien, okay? that's That guy's not yeah. normal. <laughs> All of right. Course. We love that you know. guy. You know, I know he plays for the Bills, but you know, you've got talent's talent. We love that guy. He's a great player, but we can stop him. We can slow that team down. We can beat that team and we can beat that team in Buffalo. You know, we almost had them twice. We had them on the ropes twice in the snow and in the playoffs, you know, and there's just a few little, you know, a few little tweaks of experience that will come this year with McDaniel's more experience with Fangio with the kind of the, you know, hopefully with two are healthy, that the, the talent that's on this team, this team is, built to win a Super Bowl now. If they can just, you know, that's what fucks me about the uh about losing the first round pick. You know, that if that first round pick had just been, you were just able to spend that wisely. You know, you get a Paris Johnson, for example, out of Ohio State, your your long-term left tackle, you play him at right tackle, you know, that's a day one starter. And you just think that's the sort of guy that when we were picking at 21 or 22, wherever it's going to be, you know, maybe Michael Mayer falls to there or you get Kincaid or, you know, there's just ugh, that that's the frustration, man. And to realistically have, you know, two draft picks because you know you get anything out of a, if they make the team, it's a bonus. You know, your sixth and seventh round draft pick. So, you know, I've said it before. They've got to hit. They've got to hit with two really solid contributors out of this second and third round pick. Because if they turn into Tyndall and Ezukama, who just do nothing all year, that's just that doesn't help the team at all. They've got to find a couple of players and. and and to me, I think running back is one of those positions that you can just throw. It's the easiest position to play. That you can just throw. It's a difficult scheme. But it's the easiest position to play. Where you can just throw a guy in and just say, dude, just follow the blocks, hit the holes, run to daylight. And, you know, you're not trying to teach a cornerback to, to play corner in this system. who's not going to play anyway because of the, the players we've got. Hard to teach an offensive lineman, especially when we're picking to convert. There aren't really going to be any right tackle, pure right tackles. Daywon Jones will probably be gone. Right, the kid from Tennessee will definitely be gone. So then you're asking a Jalen Duncan or a Matt Bergeron, who are really left tackles, to move to the right side, which is never easy to do anyway. Look at how difficult it was for Penai Sewell in Detroit. So I, I, you just feel like, look, running back is one of those positions that you can absolutely make a home run early round hit where somebody's going to contribute. Yeah. You know, I know we've got four backs and we'll talk about those four in a sec, but. You know, that that to me is, you know, there's some late round guys I know they like as well. And there's a flip side to my argument, which is actually 
if you nail those first two picks and then you come back and take like Evan Hull, who I know they really like out of Northwestern in the seventh round or the sixth round, and he contributes heavily, well then, you know, you've you, three out of your four picks is are really working. But there are some really good backs in this draft and some really good backs who will be in the Dolphins, you know, range in that second, third round area that I'm keen to get into. Yeah, and and we're gonna get into it, and we've given plenty of lead up here. But um, uh, one one last question I'd like to ask you before we get into these running backs, I've advocated. Look, I've I've looked at this uh, this uh, this draft class, and there's so much to like. I want more picks, mm. and I don't mind trading that that fifty first pick for a couple of top one hundred picks. Do you agree with me, or or yeah, fifty one I mean, I... is just too important. I, I, look, it depends. I, I think they make a decision on the board when when they're on the board. And look, we always get to that situation. We've talked, you know, a lot about both on here and on two on three YPC. We've talked about could guys be available at fifty one, and you know what tends to happen. We think, oh, he's never going to be there. He's never going to be there. And then just guys that we don't expect to end up in the first round, kind of, you know, end up in the first round. You know, guys that fall out a little bit. You know, I look at something like Cam Smith of South Carolina. Yeah, Cam Smith. Bit undersized, you know, the, the corners generally that are a bit undersized. Isaiah Foskey, Keely Ringo, Quentin Johnson seems to be falling a little bit. You know, Michael Mayer seems to be falling a little bit. What, what's the shoulder situation with Nolan Smith? Jalen Hyatt seems to be tumbling a little bit. Trenton Simpson, people are not not so sure about. You know, Josh Downs, where's he going? What about BJ Ogilari? Is, is that a guy you want to rely on? You know, and you suddenly, you know, Kalija Kansi can fill so many holes, but where does he really fit, you know? Adam Aware, who was brilliant at the combine, but you know, is he is he a Mike is he a Mike Mamula? You know, what what's going to happen? Where the, where do these linebackers fit? Keon White of Georgia. So you all of a sudden see guys that you, you keep seeing projected in round one. All of a sudden, thinking, oh, actually, they're they're, bit, they're beginning to tumble a bit on mocks or the, you know, you hear the conversation out of pro days, and you know, it, you just you'll end up with a load of guys that you kind of look on, you know, you look at a Hendon Hooker or a Steve Avila or a Antonio Johnson or a Tucker Craft or a Sidney Brown, guys that are Julius Brents. So I've seen, you know, I've heard people talk about Julius Brents going in the first round. You know, there are guys out there that, that, and it's not Joe Tipman, the center from Wisconsin. There are guys out there that it's not an incredibly deep draft, but I think there are going to be teams who draft for specific need. And you might see guys that the consensus is consensus in inverted columns that they go in the second, mm-hmm. third round. And actually, you know, the league holds them in much higher, higher stock, you know, and I think there are guys that we probably like Christopher Smith and, and people like that who might just fall a little bit, maybe into the second, into the third day, Henry Toa Toa players like that. So I think it's going to be really interesting. And I think there'll be some kind of mismatched names that we see in that sort of, 25 to, to 40 area, which might just push some guys down in Miami's direction where you kind of think, oh, actually, and, and, and you get on the board and you maybe got three or four guys and you think, actually, you'll shuffle down four or five picks. We're still going to get one of the guys we like and we'll pick up another top 100, top 120 picks. Uh, who wouldn't do that when you've only got four selections? Yeah, absolutely. All right, we're going to go to break. And I think we give you enough of a, of a preamble, enough of a lead up <laughs> into these running backs where we did half of the show talking about the lead up to this draft and these running backs. But first, these words. Do you have a water leak and can't find where it's coming from? Are you dealing with water or mold damage in your home or business? Then call Water Cleanup of Florida at 954 579 356 
for immediate assistance. With over 60 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert, and their team is prepared to handle all types of leak detection issues. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. After the leak has been located and repaired, Water Cleanup of Florida will then clean, dry, and fully restore the damaged areas. Water Cleanup of Florida is fully licensed, insured, and certified to provide the one-stop shopping that busy homeowners and business owners require. There is no need to bring in other contractors. They will handle the entire project from start to finish. Service areas include Miami, Broward, and Palm Beach counties. Call Michael anytime on his personal cell phone at 954-579-0356. That's 954 954- Five seven nine zero three five six, or visit their website at wcufl.com. Water cleanup of Florida. If you have the schmutz, they have the guts. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm Jalen Phillips, and you're listening to 3 Yards Per Carry. All right, we're back. Let's start here, Simon. On OnlyFans for $3 a month, by the way. Uh, you can get a lot of draft talk. And mm-hmm. as uh, actually right now, this is like a real time when we're recording this, like around noon on a Tuesday. Uh, Chris Kaufman is holding court, explaining to everybody how he knows everything about offensive tackles and offensive guards. <laughs> He's ever in Dante Scarnaccia. <laughs> yes. Who who knew we had that guy yeah. on our own forum, right? And I've known him for like 25 years, and this is the first day I've known that he knows anything about the offensive line, but... Yeah, yeah, but let's start here. I had a long discussion the other day. I love B. John Robinson. Yeah, is he the best? And look, I looked this up because I looked by by uh, next gen stats. By the way, I actually understand what they're doing, and it's actually kind of genius. All they're doing is rating the prospects by how people mock them and their measurables, forty time, you know how they lift, their vertical, all that stuff, and they put they just try to create a score. And Bijan Robinson is the best running back prospect since Saquon Barkley. Um, in your opinion, I put him in the same class as Adrian Peterson. As I think Ricky Williams was next level athlete, next level prospect. Like that's, you know, that was one of those where you look at him and you're like, yeah, I could see taking a running back in the top three. Um, Bijan Robinson, I got him with Adrian Peterson, Saquon Barkley. You tend to agree, like this is a special, special prospect. Yeah, I think he's a brilliant player. 
Um, I I would have Adrian Peterson and Ricky Williams at a slightly higher level. But look, I, I think his talent level is what many NFL offenses build around um, because he brings so much value to the table. He's got great size. He like he breaks tackles at a rate I've never seen in college football. I, I think 104 broken tackles last season, which is a a record in college football since records were were, were taken. To give um, you an idea, Raheem Mostert led the team with 16. Yeah, there you go. Last, I mean, <laughs> last year. If I think there's a knock on him, I suppose it, it's pure speed. Long speed isn't necessarily his game, but look, he stops and starts on a dime. His cutting ability and his ability in the open field are just like outstanding. There's a game against Ohio State where he just makes defenders look just silly on his way to to a touchdown. He's so elusive. Um, I mean, as a sophomore, he had the third most broken tackles in FBS history with 79. I mean, it's just like, he's just insane. He's powerful. Uh, Look, he can run between the tackles. He can run outside. I think he, last year he averaged 4.71 yards after contact, um, 5.7 yards per carry. You know, he can lower his shoulder. He can run into a linebacker. He can run around a linebacker. Um, you could line him up at wide receiver if you wanted to. Um, I, he's just capable of things that other human beings haven't been capable of out of this position in, in a very long time. I think he's the equal of Saquon. Um, he's just a he's just a, he's a highlight real receiving threat. You know, mm. you could you you can split him out as a receiver. You can run him in the slot. He will run routes out the backfield. Uh, he runs the full route tree. He's very natural catching the ball. Uh, you know, to say can't miss prospect is 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 a difficult one when you're evaluating players in the draft. But to me, he is as can't miss as they come in terms of his talent level. He's probably the third or fourth pound for pound most talented player in the draft. He won't go that high, obviously, because the running back position is devalued. But he he's an electric player. Yeah, th- there's a there's a touchdown run of his against Oklahoma where. It's only an eight-yard touchdown run, and in those eight yards, he manages to make a guy miss in the hole, runs a linebacker over, and then stiff arms the defensive back at the goal line to score. And, and I'm thinking, this guy do, in 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 eight yards did more than most running backs do in two or three games. So yeah, he's a special prospect, and I think we can agree uh, he's best in class. Yeah, oh, a hundred percent. Okay, so I think we can move on because he will not be a Miami Dolphin unless something very, very weird happens on draft day, okay? But we do fear him going to, like, Buffalo or who knows? Maybe even the Jets think Bryce Hall and B. John Robinson is a problem, you know? Buffalo would be a problem. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, uh, get him out of the the AFC. Yeah, yeah, getting the hell away from us, okay? And not having to defend him will be a good thing. I'll tell you one guy who looked great in Aqua and Orange, and – there's always a possibility. It happens every year. We talked about this. Some guy that we think is a first-round pick. I happen to think he will be a first-round pick, by the way. Uh, he has that Rashad Penny feel to me. Not that they're similar players because they're not. But I am uh, I remember we did this show, and I said uh, at that time, Rashad Penny has that feel where somebody's going to reach up and take him in the first round no matter what. Uh, I think Jimmy Gibbs is that guy this year. He, I think he's going to be a first-round pick. But there's always that possibility that he drops. And if he drops, he could be in reach of the Miami Dolphins. And, man, this is – I'm not going to say he's Christian McCaffrey, but the skill set is there. Like, this guy could really unlock our offense. <clears throat> yeah, I think he's a great player. I don't think he goes in the first round, actually. Uh, yeah. I, he reminds me, actually, of Aaron Jones, in a way. Mm. Um, 
Uh, and I think I worry about his size a little bit. I was told that he plays in the high 180s, uh, low 190s. Mm. So I wonder whether or not his ideal role is almost like a timeshare. Um, similar, really, to what we saw from him at times at Alabama, where actually he took a majority of the passing game reps. I mean, I, I think he's the best receiver in the draft um, because, you know, what does he have? 103 passes and eight touchdowns last last couple of seasons. Um, so only dropped two passes in his entire career. Um, there are obvious similarities to Alvin Kamara. I think he's lighter and not as physical as Kamara was coming out. Um, but he's so slippery in the in the open field. He's got such electric hips. He's glide. He's just a gliding runner. The contact balance is outstanding. He sets up his blocks beautifully. He's got great vision. Uh, I just think he's just a he's a dynamic, dynamic player. Um, yeah, I, I love him, uh, and I think he could be there at fifty one. And I think the Dolphins will. I, I think Mike McDaniel will absolutely love him. Um, he is similar in in style, I think, to to Raheem Mostert. He's mm. got that jitterbug style that Ahmed and and Gaskin have in terms of skill set. I'm not saying they're anything like, but the skill set. What that would mean is that Jeff Wilson is really the outlier then amongst the that group. I don't think one of Ahmed or Gaskin, and I, I suspect it will be Gaskin, doesn't make the team if they draft a back. There are other backs in this draft that I wonder might be better fits from a chemistry perspective overall chemistry of the running back room but in terms of pure fits it's hard to you know he's a lightning rod player who would just he's got the speed he's got everything that you want in an outside zone running back for a Mike McDaniel team he is an electric player and he's just so much fun to watch yeah and I hope that these narratives don't hold this year because I love this running back class uh, you, you know what people say, uh, you know, Chris Greer doesn't care about running backs and will not take a running back. I think if Mike McDaniel pounds the table enough for one of these prospects, I think it happens because Chris Greer is an accommodating type for, especially for his head coach. Um, there's that picture where you see Zach Charbonnet running a 40 yard dash time and the dolphin scout is facing the other way. <laughs> yeah. It could be that he's looking at, he's looking at the, the, the field monitor. Maybe <laughs> I hope. <laughs> It's a good point, though, that you make about running backs. And because McDaniel is like, whilst I said at the top of the show that he comes from a school of running back, you know, in terms of that's what he's been brought up at, the mentality. You go through it, there are not a lot of high draft picks. I've got it, you know, 2005, Mike Anderson was his back, sixth rounder. 2006, Ron Dane. Now, Ron Dane was a first rounder, but this was his third team. And, and his backup was Sam Congado, who was an undrafted free agent. 2007, Dane again, undrafted free agent Darius Walker. 2008, Ahman Green, third round pick on his third team, undrafted free agent Cecil Sapp. 2011, fourth rounder Roy Hallou, sixth rounder Evan Royster. 2012, 2013, sixth rounder Alfred Morris. 2014, undrafted free agent Isaiah Crowell, undrafted free agent Sean Drone, and third rounder Terrence West. 2015, third rounder Tevin Coleman, fourth rounder Devontae Freeman. 2016, those two again, plus undrafted free agent Teron Ward. 2017, he had second rounder Carlos Hyde, who was drafted before he arrived, and undrafted free agent Matt Breeder. 2018, sixth rounder Alfred Morris and undrafted free agent Jeff Wilson. 2019, Breeder, Coleman, Wilson and undrafted free agent Raheem Mostard. And in 2020, he had Coleman, Wilson and added Jarek McKinnon in the third round and undrafted free agent Austin Walter. And then in 2021, he had Wilson, undrafted free agent Jermichael Hasty, and sixth rounder Elijah Mitchell. Uh, they also signed, third, they also drafted Trey Sermon in the third round, but he was so bad that he only lasted a year. So McDaniel's history makes you feel like he's not going to spend a high pick on a running back or indeed spend any high draft capital on runners because consistently he's been around teams who've been able to find value 
in the later rounds, which obviously brings into play some guys that we've we've talked about, you know, ignoring the Robinsons, the Charbonnets, the Gibbses, the A-Chains. You know, then you're looking at guys like Chase Brown and uh, and Rashawn Johnson and Juice Vaughan and Keaton Mitchell and, you know, Evan Hull and uh, and players like that. So it'll be very interesting to, you know, there's a kid that the kid the Dolphins like very much at Youngstown State, Jaleel McLaughlin. You know, there's there are guys of that ilk. So it'll be really interesting to see how they how they call it. But like Charbonnet, I've been on the, the absolute Charbonnet wagon for, you know, three seasons and yeah he's the only the fourth guy ever to start as a true freshman at michigan just the best he's got the best vision in the draft best vision absolutely you know he can run inside can run outside he's got low four five speed high four four low four fives he just he's a tight quarters running back he's just to me he's got the most translatable skill set apart from Bijan robinson in this entire class he's great as a runner he's got great hands he's he's terrific in pass protection and critically for Miami, he's the best short yardage back in the draft. You know, he converted 78.4% of his carries with three yards or less to go over the last two seasons. And the fourth most conversions in college football over that span with 69. He's 220 pounds, 215 pounds. He'll make you miss. Like I said, great hands. will smash you in the mouth in short yardage. He'll bounce off tackles. He's also got the best contact balance in this draft as well. I am a massive Zach Charbonnet fan. He is he eats, sleeps, drinks football and has done since he was a kid. He broke a kid's back in high school. He broke three vertebrae in his back when he just ran him over. Um, you know, he will take on runners. He will run through runners. He will run over guys. I love him. Absolutely love him. Yeah, he's slippery. And and when you watch him play, he's always falling forward. And yeah. like you said, when you say contact balance, that is so key to be yeah. a, a good short oh. yardage runner. I think I could see a scenario, not not to say that I'm going to guarantee they, they take him, but I could see a scenario where they take him and he starts week one. Like, yeah, I, I could see that scenario. You know, where I won't see it with other guys who I think will be complimentary backs if they do take him. Let's talk about two guys here and then then we'll try to finish this up with some sleepers. Uh, Devin A. Chain and Taiji Spears. Let's take these two by themselves. What are people missing? Because if 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 you look at most mocks, uh, these guys are making it to day late day twos on most mocks. Nobody's mocking them really anywhere near the first round or even the top of the second round. But the measurables are there, and the tape is absolutely there, especially with Taiji Spears. Devin A. Chang yeah. also looks great, uh, a little smaller. Uh, your thoughts on those two guys? I'm a massive fan of A-Chain. I, I think he's a terrific player. I think he's that weight uh, because he wanted to run track at Texas A&M. I think the reason that they're both um, that they're both viewed as slightly lesser backs is some injury history. I think Spears had knee injuries towards ACL in high school, towards ACL at Tulane. A-Chain's had some some niggly kind of like muscle, fast muscle twitch injuries, like specific sort of track related. You know, this guy's run a 10, 14, meters. I mean, that put, that would put him in the Olympic 100 meter semifinal. You know, he's a guy who can return kicks. You can throw to him. Uh, he's got amazing hips and footwork in the, um, in the hole, uh, in the, you know, getting to the second level. He can just, he will break your ankles when you come to tackle him. Uh, I think he's tough. Uh, he doesn't shy away from contact. Um, he's broken 104 tackles and 369 career rushing attempts and averages four yards per carry after contact. Um, he's got, you know, he, he, you can throw to him. He's got worse hands than Gibbs. I think he's five drops and 65 targets over the last two seasons. I, I think he's a great player. I think he's a really interesting player. Spears, 
I, I'm not quite as hard. I suppose Chris, I know, really likes him. I, I think he's a, I think he's a good player. He's certainly a, a, a player that's trending up. I think things have to be a little bit more. Um, I think he's less creative, perhaps. He's great at the second level. I thought it was terrific at the senior bowl. Um, I thought I, I just think that I just think that he is not that everything else. That's a bit unfair on him, to be to be fair. I, I, I just think I just prefer other backs in this class. I think that that's probably the best way to to say it. I, I he'll go on to be, I'm sure. I, I thought he was terrific for Tulane. Um and he makes people miss. He's so shifty. He, I think he does a great job of setting up defenders. He's a leverage back, which I really like about him. And he understands how to set up a, 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 a defender with using leverage, but also his offensive line in terms of, in terms of leverage. Um, uh, and he's a, sorry. And he's a fast twitch mentally decision maker. Do you know what I mean? He makes his mind up and he, you know, he goes uh, and that's what I like. That's what I like about him. I just think. To me, there are other backs in the draft I, I like more. Um, but he's a really good player. And I thought he did an amazing job for Tulane. And he absolutely, you know, carried them this season with a great year that they had. Now, Israel Abanikanda, that's a guy that you could check out on two on three YPC. We did, you know, 15 minutes Speed. on him. So I don't think so I don't think we're gonna do 15 minutes here, but he's absolutely a fit for this system. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring up one sleeper who I think hurt himself at the combine. At least for for Miami, I think they want speed, and it's going to be a consideration. I absolutely love his tape, Roshan Johnson of Texas. That's Bijan Robinson's backup, by the way. Yeah. Uh, he got terrible athleticism scores. Man, I don't know what we were expecting. Uh, when a man is two hundred and twenty five pounds and he runs a four five eight, I don't know. In my opinion, that's fast. <laughs> yeah, I, you know I what just, I mean? um, Yeah, I mean. You watch him, he always like, he has this weird knack of sort of taking away his plant leg just before contact. And then defenders are just like grabbing fresh air. He has the second highest broken tackle rate over the past two years behind his own teammate. 85 broken tackles, 189 attempts. Uh, just a really good player. If he wasn't backing up, um, if he wasn't backing up uh, Bijan, you know, he would have had a, a significantly better career I, I i think he's a really good player this draft is full of great running backs you know like the but Dolphins, you do agree with me right uh he's hurt his stock with miami a little uh, bit a okay. little but then i think there are backs in this draft who lack the explosion the ordinary explosion but then go back and look at alfred morris look at jeff wilson these are not explosive running back carlos hyde these are you know Orlandis gary these are not the the kind of explosive you have to go back and dig into the Shanahan running back tree to realize that actually there's a lot more to it than just you know this incredible speed to be able to get to the perimeter you know Zach Evans the old Miss running back talked about how in his in his meeting with the Dolphins at the combine they sat down and played him film of Leonard Fournette and said can you run the ball like this that's not archetypal yeah what you'd imagine archetypal Mike McDaniel offensive football is like but then look at Jeff Wilson when he carried the ball for the 49ers. Look at Jeff Wilson when he carried the ball for the Dolphins. That's yeah. not archetypal 4-3 speed. That is run inside, inside the tackles, smash you in the mouth. You know, so I think that's why it brings into consideration. And like lots of people are talking about, you know, the Sean Tuckers and the Chase Browns and, and these guys. But I actually I absolutely think the Roshan Thomases, but you know, the Zach Evans, the Tank Bigsby. Tank Bigsby is a brilliant player. He's a really, really under the radar. Uh, uh, running back for me you know this is a one this is one foot in the ground 
This guy reminds me of Terrell Davis. He's not as good as Terrell Davis, people. That's not what I'm saying. But his ability to put one foot in the ground and fire it down to the second and third level is better than anybody. Incredible lateral burst out of his cuts. Incredible burst generally. I mean, this guy has been single-handedly carrying Auburn's offense since he was a true freshman. Uh, he is, uh, to me, he is a jump cut, one cut and go, boom into the second level, down the field, long speed to get touched. I, if the Dolphins try to tank Bigsby, I'd be absolutely thrilled. And then, look, you know, the, there are guys like Ken J. Miller. We haven't talked about Sean Tucker, Kenny McIntosh at Georgia, you know, Eric Gray at Oklahoma. Like these these guys, the, there's some t- Juice Vaughan, the Dolphins interviewed Juice Vaughan. I mean, he's like four foot two. But, I mean, he's absolutely electric. You even go down to, like, Mo Ibrahim at Minnesota. He's had, you know, he's held together by tape. But the guy just picks up, you know, he picks up first downs, picks up touchdowns. He's so consistent. Chris Rodriguez at Kentucky reminds you a little bit of Tyler Algier. will just run you over, smash you in the mouth. I talked about Evan Hull at Northwestern. Dolphins really like him, low to the ground, kind of um, sort of bowling ball-y kind of character, just a really good player. There are, like, McLaughlin, the kid out of Youngstown State, there is a lot of players in this draft that the Dolphins could absolutely pick up and never go near either that first, uh, that second or that third round pick. But the, to me, there are just some, you know, Gibbs, Charbonnet, A-Shane, Bigsby, Abanacanda. Now, these are guys who are absolutely in that second and third round wheelhouse of the Dolphins. And yeah, if they and I really, think, I, you know, I think, make an impact. Yeah, Bigsby, uh, when well, you were talking about Bigsby, about as, as far as being a good one-cut runner, man, that is such a key thing to have in this system. Because most of the time, man, when they're running outside zone, they're going to press on the tackle and they're either going inside or outside and you got to be decisive. And that's something that Raheem Moser was really good at doing Mm. last year. You're either going outside, you're going inside, but you got to be decisive. You can't dance behind the tackle because when you dance behind the tackle, it's when the middle linebacker hits you for a one yard gain. Like if they want speed to add to that, to that offense, then it's a Banakanda and it's, um, it's a chain, you know, that that that's if you're looking to 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 run somebody over, then it, it you know it's Charbonnet. If you're looking for a Terrell Davis going back to the original Mike Shanahan back, that's one foot in the ground. That's cut and drive and go down the field. That's Bigsby. Yeah, you know, if you're looking for a guy who can rotate in and out of Moster and Wilson and Ahmed, who can be an absolute threat that you can line up in the slot out wide, catch balls out the backfield, be Tua's best friend in terms of catching the ball out the backfield, then that's going to be um, Jameer Gibbs. You know, so there are so many different options that this team has that they could that they could utilize in terms of the running game. I, I'm fascinated to see whether they do that on the first on the second day, or whether they think, you know, what we can get a Chase Brown, we can get an Evan Hull, we can get a Jaleel McLaughlin, one of these guys we can bring in, and you know, who can be our Elijah Mitchell kind of thing that they got in the sixth round with the 49ers and can turn into a thousand yard running back. So, don't forget, Raheem Mostert's 31. He's on a one year contract. Jeff Wilson is is. Two years? Did Jeff come back for two years? Yes. I think he did. Gaskin and Ahmed, one year each. And and so I think it'll be a battle, you know, between the undrafted free agent and one. Yeah, you know, I doubt Gaskin makes the team. And I think the undrafted free agent will battle with Ahmed and we'll we'll see where we we'll see where we go. But like I said, you know, most are age. Wilson, you know, they could have let go, signed a two-year deal, but you know, and the other two guys one-year deals and a kind of depth players, special teams guys. And, and I don't think the Dolphins are wedded to either of them. So there's certainly room to play for. There's roster spaces to play for in that running back room for the right guys. And I think, you know, if anything, Mike McDaniel has a history of finding the right guys. And I suspect that's what will happen this year. Now, somebody's listening to us right now and is ta- and is thinking to himself, okay, why aren't they talking about 
you know, the pedigree guys, a, a guy from from Georgia, because every time I hear about a, a running back coming out of Georgia, he has to be good. Right. So why aren't these guys talking about Kenny McIntosh? I'll go first and I'll say he's the least inspiring Georgia running back I can remember. Uh, your thoughts on Kenny McIntosh? He always seems to underwhelm me every time I watch him play. And his run in the in the playoffs this past year wasn't particularly impressive either. Uh, your thoughts of Kenny McIntosh as a prospect? He has to be the lowest rated of the Georgia running backs that were headliners in college coming out, right? Yeah, I, look, I, I think he's got a lot of traits that I like, that I think the Dolphins will like. He's patient. He's got good contact balance. Like, look, he ran a 462 at the combine, so he's not fast. He's got stop and start ability. Try and say that after a couple of drinks. Mm. I, I, like I said, he's patient. He can break a tackle. Um, he what what I think where I think his value is most of all is and where I think the Dolphins will will see real value is third downs. You know, he is a to me he's he possesses a lot of outstanding third down traits. I think he had forty three catches last year, uh, a varied and technical. Uh, release route tree from the backfield. He's got formation flexibility as a receiver. I think he's excellent in pass protection. And I think he can break tackles in space. You know, you'll see him all across the field making catches. I, I've seen him make catches in the deep third, you know, uh, running a, a, in breaking routes like a receiver. So, um, you know, I don't think the Dolphins would be afraid to throw to him down the field I, because he's not Herschel Walker. And, you know, I, I think, um, you know, he runs a little bit high, but I like his patience. Uh, he is decisive when he does decide to go. The thing that will worry teams is that the patients could come back to haunt him because he has four six two speed and that explosiveness to you know if he holds up is you know it's that Le'Veon Bell patience but Le'Veon had the explosion. Can he sort of lacks that a little bit? But I think he's um you know th this is a guy I think that could could make an impact certainly on on third downs and maybe be the kind of guy that Chris Evans should have been or should be in Cincinnati, the kid out of Michigan. I think, you know, McIntosh can run some routes, can catch some balls. You'll bring him on the field to protect the quarterback on third down. And, you know, I think he'll make a team. All right. We're going to take two more prospects and then we're just going to, we're going to finish up here. Two more prospects to talk in depth about. And these two guys have been tied to the Dolphins. I believe they spoke to one of them and the other has been mocked to them in the second round. Dwayne McBride out of UAB. And Sean Tucker, who they did speak to, uh, I believe, I don't know if they spoke to him at the Combine or... Yeah, I think they interviewed him at the Combine. Yeah, yeah, it was at the Combine where they interviewed him, I believe, yes. Let me see. Or was it... No, he's a junior, so it wasn't at the Senior Bowl. So, yeah, it was at the Combine where they spoke to him. So, th let's take those two guys, and then I think we could finish up after that. We'll, we'll play a little game on the way out. Uh, Dwayne McBride, Sean Tucker. Yeah, Tucker, look, you know, explosive lower half, um, incredible burst. Um, I think that the thing that worries me about Sean Tucker is that, you know, there's that the, the sort of size speed combination is outstanding, but I just don't think he has a lot to write home about after that. I think he's very linear. I, I don't think he's creative unless the hole is there. He's not improvisational. When the hole is jammed up, he's not a guy that, that possesses outstanding backside vision. Um, he can certainly handle the workload, you know, 500 plus touches over the last two seasons. Um, good out of the backfield, 10 drops, 73 catches, um, you know, uh, which is not great. But in terms of, you know, he can, he, he is a good angle route runner. He's a good slant runner. He doesn't have a particularly refined route tree. Uh, are you going to feature him outside of screens out of the backfield? I don't really think so. 
Um, and to me, with an offensive line as bad as the Dolphins, I don't think you're wanting a guy that can you know, can only run to daylight, which sounds ridiculous. But, you know, we're looking at players like Aaron Donald and Chris Jones. And, you know, even this year, you look at Kalaja Kansi and guys that can just eat up holes, of, uh, you know, in the offensive line and can, and can shut, you know, um, a gaps and B gaps and C gaps very, very quickly. And it, it, if you can't create, then you're going to be in trouble. And I think Tucker just really struggles, I think, to create a little bit too much. And, and that concerns me. Um, I, I, McBride is an interesting guy, contact balance, uh, short area speed. I like of his, he, you know, he'll run guys over. Um, he's a fighter. He is a, he's just a tough guy. He can, he can take it to the house. Um, back-to-back seasons of, I think he's got 3,000 yards rushing over the last two seasons, 13.71 at 6.7 yards per carry in 2021, 17.13 at 7.4 yards per carry last year. Now you have to look at the, um, you have to look at the the quality of opposition that he's going up against. Um, he also has some fumble issues. Uh, he has some significant fumble issues. I think he has 10, I might've got this number wrong. I'm pretty sure he, over the last two seasons, he has 10 fumbles over the last two years, which is a, um, which is a big issue. He's also got some return um, return chops about him. Um, I think, to me, there are other guys uh, that I would rather select. You know, if you're going to look at a guy, is Bigsby going to fall into the, you know, into the, to day four, uh, day four, what? I've invented another day <laughs> of the draft. Is Bigsby going to, you know, Kendra Miller, for example, you know, a, a guy we haven't talked about. Um, you know, somebody like, we talked about Roshan Johnson earlier on. I, I just have to weigh up whether or not the caliber of opposition that he's been up against versus, you know, what he brings to the table versus a propensity to put the ball on the carpet would, would worry me. Um, I just think there are better players out there. All right. And on the way out, we're going to play this little game. Uh, it's one of my favorite draft games. In fact, we're going to play that game uh, on OnlyFans and, and do some giveaways. You gotta, you gotta find a Miami dolphin here, Simon. Yeah. I'll give you five chances to find a Miami dolphin. Or you could just punt on it all together and say they will not take a running back in this draft, which will be a huge disappointment to me because I love this running back class. I love this tight end class, but I like this running back class a little bit more. Give me five guys who could be Miami Dolphins. So I know full well that McDaniel will look at Jameer Gibbs and think how sexy he is. He'll look at A-Chain and think what he could do with a guy like that. Uh, if I was going to give you five guys, I'd go Gibbs, Charbonnet, A-Chain, Jaleel McLaughlin and Deuce Vaughn. Okay. But it wouldn't surprise me if they took Tank Bigsby over all of them. So there you go. <laughs> I just think he'll look at those, he'll look at those, you know, those absolute Ferraris, Gibbs, A-Chain, and think, you know, God, I could add that to Waddle and to, to Hill and the speed on offense and, and whatever, you know, but then he'll look at think, you know what? Can I, a guy who can get me a first down in Buffalo in the snow in December, that's Zach Charbonnet, who can also stay in that, you know, when I bring him onto the field, the defensive coordinator is going to know that, you know, he's going out on a route because he can't pass protect. So therefore I know what's going to happen. So I know that I can bring an extra rusher because there's nobody else to protect to her, right? Yeah. Charbonnet, you, you don't have that with Charbonnet because you don't know what he's going to do. He can stay in the backfield and pass protect. And then he'll look at Bigsby and think, Fuck me, that's you know, this guy's a bit of a clone of the kids that you know my mentor used to draft. You know the Yolandis Garys and the, you know, and these guys and the Terrell Davises. This is a one foot go, one foot go. Played at a high level in the SEC, carried a team, carried a team, which he has done at Auburn. 
you know, this is a guy that can do that. And then, you know, he'll look at those little young kind of like Vaughn, four foot two, whatever he is, but absolutely explosive, like just destroys tacklers, you know, stop, go, stop, go, joystick control, get down the field, you know, electric, ball in his hands and think, you know, what could I do with this kid on third down? This kid, this kid could be could bring us something a little bit different, a little bit special. You can't cover him. You can't see him behind the line of scrimmage. And then someone like McLaughlin, who, again, would fit that sort of, Third down, good hands, speed, picks up a picked up a ton of yards at Youngstown State, some explosion, some lower leg explosion that you know you kind of can't coach and think, well, maybe there might be something here that we could just throw him in on third down and boom, there he goes 80 yards later, we've got a touchdown. So yeah, I just um there's some guys that I know McDaniel's gonna love. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Yeah, and, and there has been a, a slight shift in as far as their thinking, as far as running backs from the the Shanahan tree. Of course, the godfather Kyle Shanahan himself, you know, just spent draft picks and and money on Christian McCaffrey. Uh LaFleur has Aaron Jones, who they're paying a lot of money to. And but he also has on- but he also has AJ Dillon, who's two hundred and Fifty-eight pounds, you know. Yeah. That, is, that is not a Shanahan tree running back, or at least. Yeah, and they used the. Wasn't he a second round pick, AJ Dillon? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was a second round pick. Yeah. So yeah, and then if you go back, their ultimate success. I understand that that Kyle Shanahan made a Super Bowl, you know, with the with the Forty ers but you know their ultimate success, I think, altogether was in Atlanta, where they had a really really good team. They had a twenty eight to three lead too. <laughs> Yeah, in the Super Bowl, which I can't fathom blowing a twenty-eight to three lead in the Super Bowl, but that team was powered, yes, by an MVP quarterback. But those two running backs had combined over two thousand yards from scrimmage. Devonta Freeman, Tevin Coleman. Uh, in my opinion, when you have something like that, then yeah, those running backs are the bell cows of your team, and yeah, you should pay those guys and you should use high draft picks if you could find those guys. So I think, man, this is the draft. There's been a slight shift, like, like again, like I said. So I think this could be the draft where they look at a guy and they say, you know what, let's add that guy to the offense. It'll take pressure off the quarterback. It'll make us that much better. And yeah. I, I hope they take one. I hope they take one. And I'm with you on those on those names. I I, I think those are the names to watch. Uh, one guy we didn't mention, although he's getting a lot of a lot of love everywhere, is Zach Evans. Very briefly, Zach Evans on the way out because we did not mention him, and he's he's projected to go pretty high. Uh, your thoughts on him on the way out? Yeah, every time I watch him, I think he's a really good player. Um, you know, he's a five, former five star kid. He transferred. Uh, it was a TC. I think he was the first. Was he the first five star to ever sign at TCU? Yes. Um, he was uh, you know an absolutely electric back in high school. Was just a, a phenomenal phenomenal player ended up i think he ran for i think he ran for 5000 yards in high school uh ended up uh going to old miss he's he's had some injuries he had a hip problem i think he ended up with 6.5 yards for carry last season i thought he played really well he's bur- he's got a great burst he's physical he's got an nfl body i think he's 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 got great long speed in terms of you know he'll hit, if he hits a hole at you know 80 yards from the end zone he'll he'll go to the end zone i think um i i I think what the dolphins won't like is that what you're looking for in a in a zone running back right is a guy that can press the line of scrimmage okay so a guy that can get close to the line of scrimmage close to the backs of the the offensive lineman and be patient and confident enough in his own ability to 
press the trigger when he needs to press the trigger when he can see the hole because he has to be able to read leverage on your offensive yeah and the closer you can get to the backs of the offensive line the more difficult it makes for second level defenders and safeties to know where you are but also to know where you where you are going to make your cut if you're making your cut five yards deep in the backfield everybody can see it if you have the ability change your pace direction to press the back of the offensive line and then make your cut and then hit that hole i think that makes you so much more effective. And I don't think that's one of one of um, Zach Evans's great skills. I, I think his inability to press the line of scrimmage, I think is, um, I, I think is an issue that the Dolphins might come up against. But, you know, he's got a lot of skill sets and a lot of talent. That I think the Dolphins will think that they can do some stuff with. You wonder about some of the off the field stuff. I think there's some, there's been some questions about off field stuff. Um, but he's also, you know, a bit like Charbonnet. He'll put his head down and run through people, or run over people, or run around people. Um, I, I, I like him. He's every time I watch him, I think he's a good player. All right, and that's gonna have to do it on the running backs. I think we we covered as much as we could for for an hour. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, this is our draft series, so we will be leading you up to the draft, uh, covering each position group, including quarterbacks. Where I'm pretty certain Chris will profess his love for Will Levis. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.